0: You are listening to the Sickleton Noise Podcast on the ProSound Web Podcast Network. Supported by RCF. For over 70 years, RCF's passion for perfection is the driving force behind designing professional audio products and creating unique experiences for venues around the globe. The HDL 50A 4K, the latest large format active three way line array system, is no exception. Learn more at rcf-usa.com for the latest news and product information. RCF, the sound behind the experience. For the most comfortable headphones that you can wear all day, check out the Audix Pro Studio range starting at just $99. Find out more at AudixUSA.com. And, well, you can wear them all day, but what happens when the sun goes down? Alan and Heath has asked us to read this. Food for thought. There was no egg and eggplant, not ham and hamburger, neither apple or pine and pineapple, English muffins weren't invented in England, or French fries in France. What a world we live in.
1: I wish I could break free. Back to where I'm supposed. Welcome to the Signal to Noise podcast. You've been here before, maybe you haven't. We've got a lot of (laughs) new members um, in our Discord and Facebook. And um, what other group do we have? Oh, this group. The one that you go to your favorite podcast listener player thing and you listen to our voices. And um, some of you are enthralled by it and some of you really aren't. But um, I'm Kyle Churnside. I'm glad to be with you. We have Michael Lawrence uh, here with us and Sam Boone, Chris has stepped away from the microphone to take care of other business. Um, hello, how are you?
2: Hello, <laughs> wow, that? wow, that was that was a uh, that was an assault, man. There was not even room for a breath in there. You must be lightheaded. I but am. You were saying you weren't going to be left
1: in charge. Safely, no, you.
2: jump right in. I dig that, man.
1: No, I I try not to be in charge because sometimes I like playing the stupid role just so someone else will do it. Um, But I tell you what, Chris and Michael behind the scenes with the podcast and the things that actually go on, things get happening and done. Like our text message chain has turned into basically, hey, man, are you doing the upload? Did you do the edit? Did you get the copy? Are you putting it up? Hey, uh I got to do this. Like, it, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes here at Signal to Noise, and I'm not involved in any of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> see how I did that?
3: Not all of us are allowed to be unsupervised.
1: <laughs> uh, but, but I will say this: Chris has been sending us um, text messages about. How many listens we're getting lately? And um, I've been watching our Facebook group pretty closely, and all the approvals that are coming in. So we're getting a nice influx of people. Um, it, it's there cool are to literally see. Bro. Dozens of us, <laughs> dozens. And my mom and my girlfriend don't count because they just wait for me to say bad things so they can come back to me later and go, "Why did you say that? Like, it's personal shit. Like, don't say that." Why did you say that
4: about me on the podcast?
1: <laughs> exactly. Well. Let's do it. All
2: right. Yeah, I, I I do. I don't think we have any housekeeping, but I think we should say that. I don't know. Probably me and Chris will be at the CFX trade show coming up in October. I'm gonna um, come. I'm gonna are be you going to coming? I thought you were going to be yeah. on
1: tour. No, I'll be there. That's October okay. Cool.
2: All right, so you and you and Chris are uh, going to be we're going to be doing the Pro Sound Web Loudspeaker showcase. So come on out. Um, we had a great time last year doing this at CFX. Chris and Kyle are, are the MCs and the hosts and I mix it and it's a grand old time.
3: And so, I will miss you all dearly.
2: Yes, you will be on tour.
4: Uh, yeah, Michael, Kyle, do you take wanna just go over. around Jesus. and just you're good at this give part. names and I don't know you're good, at it. you're good who, at it. who
1: does what? You gotta learn to talk to people. You gotta learn to talk I, to people. No, no. Sam, you do it. You gotta learn <laughs> one way or another to no, talk to people. They're your guests, Kyle.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. All right. I'm ready. Let's let's see if I can remember this. All right, so yeah, Mr. Anderson Hall. He's the monitor tech, correct? If I mess this up, somebody correct me. Um,
1: Nailing it so far. So,
3: Mr. Courtney, uh, you are PM front of house. Yep. Sick, uh, Logan. Yeah, yeah, you're the yeah, monitor yeah. engineer.
1: Three,
4: three for four so far.
3: Sick, and Emily, you are the SE. Yes. Sweet. Woo! All right, my brain's you done. Paid attention. That Before was really Riverside good. Riverside, <laughs> I'm a little very proud of me. Great. Yeah, very impressive.
1: I, so, w- I want to start with Courtney, because obviously he's the PM of the troupe, and uh, th- that was what I noticed when I first went out, is is Courtney does a lot of shit during the day. Like He is constantly doing stuff and being torn away from the thing that he was doing first off, and I finally got to see him relax when he came in mix, so Courtney... Uh, Give us a little bit of your background, where you came from, what you're doing, and uh, what you do for the brothers, and then you get to pass it off to one of your, your co-workers.
5: Oh, man. Uh, the time. That's a long question. Uh, yeah. Originally from Chicago, I started um, started doing sound at my dad's church, and uh, from there, I knew I wanted to do something music, but I didn't know what, so I went to school at uh, SAE in Nashville. I wanted to do studio work. Um, But then my lab partner went through like six different internships after he graduated and just could not get a job. So I did not want to do that because I was 24, 25 at the time. And I wasn't living at home like a lot of these other kids that went to school were doing. So I had to support myself so I couldn't, have a 40 hour a week internship. Um, and then he kept, he got a job at this venue here in Nashville called rocket Town, And he kept asking me to come, come work there. And I did not want to do live sound anymore. But after, after waiting so many tables, I realized, um, I'm not doing what I went to school for and I'm not doing music. So I just said, yeah, I'll, I'll go there. Uh, I worked there for like eight years and in the meantime i met up i met so many different awesome bands a lot that you've toured with kyle and i think that you've even come through there a couple
1: of times um yep if anyone doesn't know rocket town exploded it was the national venue for on the way up on the way out hardcore metal christian venue like it was the spot to play um, at one point. Didn't they yeah, have a skate park yeah. too? It was a, It's a huge skate park. It's
5: a huge venue. The, the venue, uh, when I first started there, it was currently where the convention center is. Uh, it was about a 1,200 cap room uh, with a skate park, a coffee shop. And then there was a smaller room called Level 1 that held about 350 kids. That's right. Um, and then uh, once the convention center got built in Nashville, they made us move and we ended up with a bigger venue, but uh I don't know. It didn't have the it didn't have the same charm. Um and then some things faulted out about as big as I remember it, the bigger you venue. say it exploded, it imploded on itself with um just cut kind of the kind of the, the bands that they, they started bringing in and it just kinda of lost a lot of its luster. Um but uh, that's kind of where I met a lot of bands. I uh, got offered a tour with uh, Strike Anywhere back in 2005, I think, 2006. Um, That was my my first full-on U.S. tour. Um, front of House? And then the year after that... Yeah, doing Front of House. And then the year after that, uh, another band called Between the Buried and Me hit me up. Um, Heard of them? And... I toured with them from 2007 to 2014, 13, sorry. And, uh, 2013, I had a kid and decided I can't do metal. I can't be away for seven weeks at a time. And, um, like literally the week I decided to change, uh, a friend hit me up and said, Hey, we need a monitor engineer for a country guy. And I, I don't listen to country music. Um, but a job's a job and <laughs> i wanted to do what's best for my family so switched to country and then just it's kind of like every everyone else you just you you work your gig and then you meet other people out on the road and your name gets tossed around and so my name got tossed to brothers and we had ended up doing a couple tours with them uh one being Darius Rucker It was Darius Rucker um Brett Eldridge Thousand Horses and Brothers Osborne and for that tour, I was doing Darius's VIP party. Uh, I was mixing Brothers Osborne front of house, and then I was stage manager and guitar tech and monitor engineer for Brett Eldridge. So it was a really long day. Um, so you've always done
1: everything. Holy cow!
5: Yeah, I've always if if I don't have I, if I don't have anything to do, I get in trouble. Um Me too. I end up doing a lot of pranks or just coming up with just the worst ideas ever. So. Uh, Vital hands and all. Uh, I try to stay busy. So, but yeah, uh, on that tour, Pete um, was just like, "Hey, man, we're gonna we're gonna take you. We want you to do front of house." And I said, "Absolutely, that's what I want to do." Um, and so that was uh, 2015. So I started with them in January
1: 2016. Been with them since. All right, pass pass the baton. Who are you passing it pass. to?
5: Uh, I'll pass it to person we got next logan
4: hey um, so i started my career in the in the nashville touring industry i guess um, doing club sound i was doing sound in high school for the theater department at the arts high school that i went to and decided to pursue music performance in college and uh kind of you know, just kind of got bored with that. It was very, um, classical guitar sort of based and, um, you know, like a major and double bass, a very, you know, orchestra pit style instruments. And we, uh, my parents and I decided that, um, pursuing audio engineering was going to be a little bit more, uh, kind of my speed. I had been recording and mixing some local guys that we wrote with and, i had been doing that kind of thing and my dad was always of the mindset, "Hey, if you're going to do something, you got to go to school for it." So, we figured that out and I went to school and then I moved to Nashville after that in 2007. Did the studio thing for a while for my internship and like Courtney said, you know, it was like right at the top of the 07 housing crisis, right? And <clears throat> I spent my time actually tearing out most of the studios on Music Row. I worked for a tech company called Interface Audio and we you know, we tore out the Emerald building, the Master Phonics building, a ton, of, a ton of studios. We did a bunch of repairs. We decommissioned SSLs, recommissioned them. The guy that owned the company was also a sales broker. So I did that for a number of years, and that business kind of just went under as soon as like we did all of the available market in Nashville, pretty much. So I did the next best thing. And I went to work at Guitar Center. It was like the fastest way I could find a job. Like, okay, I need a job right now, so that's where I went. And I did that for um, I want to say the better part of four years. What but while department? I did that, I was also uh, I was the pro audio department manager uh, for a little that's while, right. and I also yeah also went back and forth between um, like guitar accessory the accessories department and the pro audio department. So. Hmm um worked there but i also moonlighted as like a, a live sound engineer on broadway we had a couple customers that came into the pro audio department and they asked you know they were hey we're gonna build this club we were gonna get a pa so i would you know broker the sale with them and then we would uh you know a couple chances hey do you know any sound guys and it was like uh yeah i am yeah i'm a sound guy and I'll be honest, up until that point, I had never done a live sound gig in my life. And it was just like, oh, there's an opportunity for me to get my foot in the door doing this and to get paid to do it. So I said, yes. And uh, that went on for probably about four or five years. And I just networked through that street hustle, you know, meet people that played out at the clubs. And at that time, it was just the block between fourth and fifth on Broadway. It wasn't like the... It wasn't the the monolith of a street that you see now with three-level clubs. It was still very much like very dark, dim-lidded honky-tonks, you know. It wasn't the the big, giant, you know, hospitality corporations involved now and all that kind of stuff it is. And it's good now for for sound guys that work down there now because there's, you know, there's so much work that you could create that as a full-time job, so... Did that for a while and um, networked and started riding around in vans and trailers with regional country guys that were like D C level artists. And then, you know, same thing. i you know, friends down there played with a guy, you know, had a major deal. Hey, we're going to hire a sound guy. Do you want to be the guy? And so again, without second thought, you say, yes, absolutely. I want to jump on this opportunity and start going out on the road and meet people and that's actually where I met Courtney it was the, one of the guys I was working for. We were paired up on a festival with brothers Osborne. I mean, a, a number of shows that year. So just working together, Courtney and I, you know, I was PM front of house as well as he was. So we kind of had to, I remember like one specific show, it was a festival we were at and the stage management and the whole, it was just a, it was just a cluster the whole day. So I think Courtney and I looked at each other at one point during the day and decided like, okay, we are going to run this. Like we are going to take care of this and figure this out and we're going to just get everybody organized. We're going to get the flow of the stage going. It was really like that bad. Like we had to come in and do that. So, um, fast forward a few years, I was working with the same artist and then got offered another gig with Josh Turner. so I took that, was on that for about a year. And then I got a call from Courtney and he called me. Uh, to come in and help them set up. I think they were the brothers were just getting their first console package. Is that right, Courtney? And um, yeah,
5: I think you were still with Frankie at the time, though.
4: Uh, or- the when you guys got back from Ireland, I was I was with Josh at that point.
5: Oh, you were okay. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. But we were so we're just, oh, go just going ahead, go out, ahead. taking our first truck, a full lighting package, full audio package. Uh, before we had a little X32 band in the box, and I was just doing console de jour every day. And that was our first tour that we, we were going out uh, supporting Dirk Bentley. And it's a good one. Finally got approved to get a console. So I got the SD9 and kind of just, since I just was on a, every console every day, I never got to really fully deep dive in. And I knew Logan was on DigiCo, so I asked him to come help me set up.
4: Yeah, we were carrying a pair of them with Frankie and with um, Josh Turner. So, I knew that that system pretty well and he just hit me up and said, "Hey, we're just like late getting back from this European trip. Will you come in and just help us get the gear set up? Our, our the, we have a monitor guy. We just need somebody to come in, get it all pat, you know, just show us the the worker, you know, the workflow of it." And so come over there and you know, we're going through the thing and I quickly start to realize, like, the guy they have in the monitor position does, mm, is just just kind of like, oh, this is going to be rough. Okay. Um, okay, cool. So, you know, I spend the day with them. We get everything kind of going as far as I can remember. And John and TJ show up, and they kind of do this thing where it's like, oh, dude, you know, I don't think they knew who the monitor guy was yet. And they had assumed off the bat that it was going to be me. And I was like, oh, man, it's great to see you guys, but I'm just here helping everybody. I'm just getting you guys set up. Like, you know, but... So at the end of it, I basically told Courtney and the guys like, look, my phone and my door, my, my door, open door policy. Anytime you guys need anything, call me and, you know, I will do anything I can to help you guys out. You guys are great. You know, love what you're doing. So, um, I don't know, maybe like eight, six or eight weeks later, I got a phone call from Courtney asking, uh, if I wanted to, you know, set up a meeting to talk about the potentiality of being the brother's monitor guy. So, you know, we had a meeting and, Got everything squared out, and that's four years ago. So, you know, it's been a great fit. I love working with Courtney and the guys, and uh, Emily and Anderson have joined on now too, and we're growing and expanding, and it's it's awesome just to see it happen, you know, to see everybody's hard work, you know, brothers, band, crew included, and everyone at the office, everybody, like, just to see it all come together is is awesome and to see it grow. But um, that's how Courtney and I met, just out doing gigs and combat, combat audio crew of one you know that kind of deal so which is very prevalent you don't i don't know if you see it a lot in the metal and the pop world but man you see it a lot in the country world so and that's that's the only genre i've really worked within in my touring career is is country so i don't really have a lot of experience with pop or rock
5: there were very few metal bands that i toured with that had a monitor engineer or i mean together. usually like What's that? Bore their shit together. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's very true. But um, like, yeah, when I was out with doing metal, I was tour manager, production manager, also their monitor engineer, setting all that stuff up. I was their patch guy. Driving. Driving. Yeah, I did. I did the night drive in the van.
1: Oh, man, you were driving too? As well. So
5: it's like, yep, it it was a lot of work.
1: So, what you're saying is, we need to set Logan up with a nice hardcore band from like Saskatchewan for a short little run. <laughs> I'm a, a big fan of hardcore. hardcore. There's,
4: a, there's a couple of bands, you know, that I would die to you go out get and to. Work with, the but
1: you don't get to pick yeah, the band. Okay, you don't somebody, get to pick We just got to uh, a you good the friend of mine told ever.
4: me early on you'd never, you, you know, it's bad advice or it's bad to go work for your heroes, you know, or the the bands and everybody that you admire, you know, because you get out there and you really get to know them as people and it might, you know, ruin it for you. So, so yeah, maybe not But country, work. country music is like the perfect, perfect thing for me. Then
1: pass the baton, Logan, who are you passing it to? Um, hmm. who Kyle, I feel
4: like I'm in kindergarten here.
3: <laughs> A little bit.
4: <laughs> We're running the relay race in the gymnasium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Still going
2: to do the parachute together. Do you remember the, shuttle? the, remember the parachute
3: test? This this is the fitness grand pacer test.
2: Parachute, I, so I hated it. No one else remember the duck. parachute? Okay, I
5: do. Well, I, I did not. Yeah, I don't know duck. why I just didn't like that one. Parachute, parachute day was the
4: said, best gym day ever. Yeah, that was the
5: greatest. No, I had turf um, toe,
4: turf toe every every parachute
6: scooters. day. Scooters, the scooters. scooters? That was
4: yeah. the best day. Oh, the scooters, little uh, the, the plastic like the trash can ones? lids with yeah, or the square ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember those.
3: That was fun. A, a classic. Like floor floor. Did you guys do scooter, of... scooter dodgeball
5: or no? Was that just
3: yep.
4: my school? Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right.
4: Um, all right. We'll save Anderson for last. Emily, go ahead.
6: Um, I have now forgotten what I do for a living. Uh
3: I do it all the time, Emily.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll remind you, systems engineer that does not like guitar solos. Guitar solos. Hates guitar solos. I hate guitar Editor solos. Works, as well. with, Everyone play works like with, with Journey like and the Eagles and hates guitar solos. <laughs> and the Brothers Osborne is like <laughs> Oh yeah, those guitar solos, guitar solos too. I forgot about those ones. I'm not a fan yeah. of the um, noodling either. It just it, they're it's not
6: my thing. Um but So I actually started uh, doing corporate at uh, Maryland Sound for a couple years.
1: Oh, fucking um, Chris worked for Maryland Sound. We, see, and he's not on the yep. DM podcast.
6: Uh, Chris and I actually worked together at at least one inauguration. I can't remember if we did two, but I know we did at least one together. Um, and after a couple years of that, I realized that as fun as it was, I did not enjoy working in D.C. all the time. Uh, so I ended up looking at different companies and I ended up moving to Nashville because made the most sense they had the most companies um, and I think I started touring in 2014 yes let's go with that let's go with 2014 um, which I got super spoiled because I my very first tour there was like an international we went to japan we went to south korea and i was like great this is how it always is it's (laughs) gonna be lovely that's not how it always is um so then 2015 16 17 i was with lady antebellum um as their monitor tech oh cool yep um and then 2018 i moved to claire and slowly kind of transitioned from monitor tech to system engineer and then the pandemic happened and then i started with brothers osborne in 2021
5: yeah and then
4: and And, then
5: oh sorry
6: uh so then after brothers osborne um i did what's called a residency in vegas with journey for december which vegas in december is probably the only time that i didn't hate it because it's not hot um and then I was with the Eagles until June, and then I came back with them, meeting brothers, not them.
1: And then I lived in Vegas for three years. It sucks any time of the year. Yes, <laughs>
5: yeah. We this early in this year in March, we had to do the ACMs and the Grammys, which were both in Vegas, and we were there for like five, six days at uh. a time on both of them. <laughs> oh my goodness! I think I lost. Not gambling, I gambled one time. I think I lost like so much just your per diem does not go
4: anywhere in Vegas for food nope that 's what and... happens when you spend all night at the Baja cantina
1: taco bell courtney <laughs> that 's true yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> many nights
1: it, it's okay. it 's hard living there, it really is, but it 's kind of like national in the sense that audio folk can go work anytime, anywhere, any place. At any given moment. And I think that's great, but it definitely takes a special person to live there um, because everybody who lives there works in the service industry of some sort, whether they got their own business or they actually work for an entity. And um, it's hard. And, and if you have kids, I will say this out loud on the podcast, they have the second worst schools in the nation being number 47, um, out of 48 States. Uh, so public schools in Vegas eat balls and, um, not only do they eat balls, they, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> do they, <They're> just not- <laughs> So
4: since they're 47th in the, in the nation, does that mean that they're number two at eating balls? In, yeah, their names. I mean, they're so California. They're really would good be at number it. One okay. at the ball. Oh, eater okay. part. I just wanted to be clear on that.
1: They, they're always. Number I te- one. Texas is number one in my book. Sorry, Sam All and Emily. Great ball but yeah, for audio folk that need to get a start and doing corporate rock and roll residencies, shows coming through. It's nonstop, and it's a great place to start. I, I've actually sent people here from St. Louis out there that work for Encore and Rhino and a bunch of staging companies and stuff like that, and they've been super successful. If you can curb your drinking, if you can curb your drug use, and you're staying up all hours and going to Baja Taco Bell, um, you're, you're good to go. I used to go to, me and the ladies and the kids always just go to buffets, so we were like the buffet aficionados. We'd go everywhere. MGM, the Gold Strike, we didn't even care. Like, that was the fun part about vegas and was that the prime time hits- rib at the gold strike yeah dude the prime rib at the gold strike with the potato and the four mm-hmm. strips of the asparagus was great 7.99 Yeah, we yeah we vegas <laughs> it's a good idea emily you did journey and eagles that's awesome where did they play at there where was the residency
6: uh, the first one was at the Virgin Hotel, which used to be the Hard Rock. Oh, yeah. Uh, then they did one show at Caesars. I think it was Caesars. Um, and so that one actually had a full orchestra come in. It was really cool.
1: Celine Dion spot.
6: Yes, yes, that was definitely it. Because that is a ridiculous dressing room apartment, really. And then, uh, yeah, that was it.
1: You're going to pass the, the baton? Oh, sorry. We were playing this. Yes,
6: and Anderson.
1: Kyle's elementary All game. Right. <laughs> I catch
7: the baton. <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm anderson hall uh, i started playing guitar about 20 years ago and ever since then i knew part of my life was going to be music based uh, picked up a bunch of other instruments along the way and then finally sat at audio console and got to control all of those and i was like yeah this is what i want to do this is my career so i went to school and started at appalachian state university and same as logan it was more performance based right. and primary instrument and blah 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 so I transferred to MTSU and I graduated there in 2014 with their audio engineering program and uh, while I was a student there I worked full time at their production department on campus like Courtney was saying I had to work as a student I was putting my own roof over my head the whole nine yards. And um, with that, I learned that there was a lot more opportunities in the live sound industry on both the corporate and the touring side. So as uh, the Music City Center opened, I started doing freelance work with LMG. They invited me over. So I did that corporate stuff for a few years with 1099. And I was like, okay, I've done enough of this. I have the experience and I can wire up the gear and mics. And speakers quickly and efficiently, I want to go on the road. So I, I got employed at Claire Global in 2016, 2017, somewhere around there. And I moved up to Lidditz, did the whole training up there, lived up there for three months, and uh, came back to Nashville and started the Weekend Warriors And toured with artists like uh, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill on their Soul to Soul tour, Luke Bryan, uh, and a bunch of his farm tour dates. Those were always interesting ones. Um, After that, though, I kept touring until COVID hit. I was at the uh, Houston uh, uh, Rodeo out there with Kane Brown about to do the show for 100,000 people. And then they're like, nope, we're not doing it. And I came home, and I just kept waiting around trying to figure out what was going to happen and waited it out long enough, and I started working on my, my uh, master's degree back at MTSU in audio engineering during it. So I'm about two years in, about to start the third year here in about two weeks. The fall semester kicks off for my third year of the master's program, and I feel like that was a great opportunity to keep my chops up during the slow season and talk with other audio people and be able to stay with that niche of people that we're used to being able to talk with parallel compression for hours about, you know, I I can't do that with somebody who doesn't even know what a compressor is. (laughs) So uh, I'm still on that program, but it'll be a little bit longer. It's normally a three-year program, but I'll probably be done with it after about four years because... Since fall of last year, I've been touring with the brothers and working on my master's degree as a full-time student and full-time touring uh, monitor technician. So Monday and Wednesday were classes, and Wednesday night was bus call. Get home Sunday, do a Sunday night session till four a.m., and go to class Monday at eight a.m.
5: <laughs> See, He's Michael, a beast, man, he would he would be up in the front lounge or back lounge uh, till like three or four a.m. writing a paper or just doing something. And then, Editing Pro Tools sessions,
7: always, always working on yeah, something. Oh, always there, doing yeah. schoolwork,
5: like a little nerd.
7: See, see why? Doing immersive audio, writing papers, 20-page papers about in-depth Dolby Atmos rigs, or how to put those together, and then go tour and do a weekend warrior gig, and Exactly oh, Then I'd fall asleep at the console in the middle of check. I'm like, is it nap time yet? Can I sleep? <laughs> when, when,
3: Dude, that is what? so hard though I did a, I did a semester remotely at MTSU When I was working for a production house Doing the Weekend Warrior stuff And that one semester was enough for me to be like Nope, I'm done with school I like this <laughs>
7: Well, yeah. at, like little conventions or other audio events, I'd go and hear other people say they had done that as an undergrad. They're like, oh, yeah, I would tour and, and do that with Weekend Warrior stuff. So I'm like, OK, I'll, I'll go. I'll go for it. I'll give it a go as a grad student. And it's intense. I'm just going part time from here on out. I can't do full time school and full time touring. And that includes I mean, like it- patching the opening artist, mixing the opening artist, then doing the headliner, then loading out, then loading out the PA, hopping. On the bus doing homework till four a.m. and hopping out for eight a.m. load in.
1: <laughs> I want to say it was interesting hanging out with you, and and I asked a ton of questions about you two, Emily, when I was out with them. Um, and I think your guys's dynamic together, just even your backstories, the the corporate work in the studio work from all of you is way different than what we've heard from our normal guests. Not way different, not way off base, but where you came to where you are is a little bit of an awkward travel. And, and I think it's really cool. You, it, it was like you all said, I finally took the thing and I do country weekend warrior stuff. Like you guys kind of explained it on your own terms in your own way, but all came to the same conclusion. And, it's like you guys were meant to be there so that 50 bucks that i was going to pay courtney i'm not even going to pay him anymore so you can stay (laughs) emily because i think you guys have a great dynamic together and i kind of want to i kind of want to talk about that dynamic because when i got home from the thing i told michael i told sam i told chris i was like dude you're not going to believe this they were it, it was it was enlightening to be out there we've all done other gigs and we know how weird they can be even and stressful and whatever these were stressful in good ways. Like there was always a, a a thing that happened after that. So that's why I have you guys here, and uh I'm glad we have the whole squad, dude. It's so cool. And I want to talk about little Mike. I want to talk about touring in hardcore bands. I want to talk about your school, and I want to talk about emily doing fucking Journey. Are you kidding me? Like oh,
4: tiny? <laughs> oh yeah, tiny
1: Mike. Oh my tiny god, tiny Mike. Yeah.
4: All that, all that stuff.
1: <laughs> Logan owns a fucking farm. <laughs> In his spare time, this guy is like renting things to pull trees out that are bigger than life itself, so he can yeah taking care of Cor- Hank and Peggy. Yeah. Yeah. Courtney
4: has kids, though. So that's like, I mean, if, you know, let's talk about you know, I, everyone's got kidding. kids. They
1: everyone's suck. got yeah.
5: those. Sorry, Penny. I, no, you, I love you, girl. <laughs>
4: Yeah, you're at yeah yeah. We. She's love got you. headphones in. It doesn't matter. She, no, she never listens to you anyway. Oh, you can hear me. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> red-handed, caught red-handed.
3: <laughs> so I will say, here's the question I have for Anderson and Emily. I love you. Right, working for a company, jumping in with Logan and Courtney. What was that dynamic like? What was that transition like? I know, working for a company, you sort of get used to jumping in on crews where people, you know, have other relationships where like. Courtney and Logan have known each other for a hot minute and you guys are kind of probably coming into that is what it seems like. So what was that like for the two of you?
6: You can go first. Uh,
7: well, for me, Emily and I had actually connected around the warehouse. She, she and I were both just, you know, cleaning cables or organizing stuff, helping other tours prep their gear. And that's where she and I really met and got to know each other. Um, so I think it's just uh, part of that touring nature that we have where we just network, meet new people, figure out our our similarities and differences and how to make those work together well and uh just hop right in and and address the gig. Emily?
6: Um yeah, I think when did I we started what in March? No, I don't know. Like a month before we started, I think Anderson and I were getting Claire kind of kicked off in the shop um, with a bunch of other tourists, so we had been chatting prior to that and uh, we had a couple of mutual friends um but hopping into a new tour is very stressful for me because i get very nervous love around people. new people <laughs> i love them um which is why my cat is well it's not really my cat my roommate's cat is hanging out with me um but it's like very awkward for me because i have a very specific kind of humor and sometimes it takes people a minute or two to get used to so that I'm never sure like are you going to find my really sarcastic comment funny are you actually going to think I'm serious or so that's usually kind of one of my biggest concerns is like is this actually going to work
2: have you considered that you could resolve that with a t-shirt <laughs> I have a several custom, t-shirts custom actually a custom made t-shirt
6: <laughs> I, am actually I love hilarious.
2: that I love that <laughs>
3: I feel like this needs to be a new merch item. Yeah, or it just says, like, <laughs> it's not
2: you, it's me, or something like
0: that. Just wear that shit. I didn't know
5: she even had a sense of humor until now. Oh. But she said she
4: has one, so.
0: That's Yo. Good to there it
4: goes. Shots fired.
2: <laughs> Dang. I, I do, because I got uh, a text from Wayne Pauly. Apparently, Lee Bryce some support. yes yes it's oh wayne yeah, got yeah. To experience uh shout out to Wayne's. wayne baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> A long, long we hung out that of, for the friend, show.
4: long time friend he I was very
0: up very Chicago happy too. that
5: emily uh said his mix was extremely loud <laughs> he's like that's the oh. best compliment i can he get. was <laughs>
4: fucking thrilled about that he was oh, beaming yeah. he was texting oh, me yeah. he was so happy yeah oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, I sent him the screenshot that I got from Courtney, or the text thread th- from Emily and Courtney, and uh, yeah, at first, hilarious. At, at first, I was like, Logan, why did you share that? That was private
5: information. And, and then said, no, he was just dude, like, dude, Wayne I know Wayne. Wayne and that. I go way back. <laughs> yeah. he, FYI. He's going to love it. And then I talked with Wayne, and he's like, I would have been pissed if you didn't share it with me. Yeah, <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. It's honestly FYI, the highest I could get. <laughs>
7: Wayne was still showing that off this last weekend. I saw him on a Miranda run, and it. he was yeah. showing off that exact same thread, talking about it. There, it was a Wayne, rainy
4: day. Wayne is the the Lemmy of front of house engineers in the country genre, where his mix is his motto is everything louder than everything else. That's 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 Wayne. But you know, he's got that paragon out there, and I mean, it's it might be loud and it might be bowel moving, but it, I mean, it, in my opinion, anyway, it sounds fantastic. So shout out to him. Yeah, his show
2: sounds amazing. I, I I've seen him mix that show a couple times and uh it's always it's always great. So yeah, he's a love that dude. He's a character.
1: What was the picture of?
2: It was uh an exchange between Courtney and Emily and uh Emily said something along the lines of it's so loud she lost sight in her right eye or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, that that that's my what it was. Yeah. Yeah. See,
1: I love that humor. See, now you that's don't need funny. That is Emily. funny, Emily. You do have a good sense yeah. of humor. You don't need Put a T-shirt. A <laughs> yep, I need a lot of
6: T-shirts.
1: So, are you guys what home right now, or are you guys uh, are are you guys starting a to tour again?
5: We're on a much deserved couple-week break. We've July was we cr- really long. Yeah. I mean, there was two weeks where we were home for like sixteen hours a week. That's it, and then and I'm like talking like. Flying to Calgary, doing a show, flying somewhere else to do a private show, um, Utah one day, and then I don't even know where we were next, to Iowa or somewhere like that. Um, <clears throat> so that was our, we always get one month where they just try to cram too much in and that was, that was July for us, but <clears throat> we got a little bit of break. We got to leave yeah. Friday for a show, but uh
4: yeah just just one and done this weekend that's a nice little ramp back into the weekend warrior stuff
3: sick what do you guys think about that schedule do you guys all really like it do you is it weird going to that um does you work for a company like where sometimes it's weekend warrior sometimes it's not
6: how's that i actually really hate weekend warrior (laughs) I find it really difficult to get back and like used to going back and forth because like if I'm home, I want to sit and relax and have a great time instead of like quickly do laundry and whatever. So I actually I prefer to stay out. Like it works better for me mentally. Although if I do come home every week, then I get to swap out my books from ones I read to ones I haven't read, so it could be worse.
1: Do you find yourself, like, like, especially at the beginning of new tours, new gear, not getting the wheels turning as fast because you're only with the stuff like two or three days at a time too, right?
6: Yeah. Yeah. Like, for me, it's hard to develop, like, a good workflow and also kind of get to know my coworkers a little bit better because, like, you don't have days off in other cities, so you don't have that same kind of, like, oh, let's all go out and grab lunch at a bar and then go to dinner and then make a whole thing of it so you get to know them a little bit better for me that way than the back and forth and all you have are the bus rides although they're probably going to make fun of me because I don't hang out on bus rides and they think I'm a old lady
4: no I, I mean I we something. might we might poke fun at you but we definitely don't blame you we totally <laughs> understand why you know and it it's that it's that department with the big big capital L at the beginning of it <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The lighting
1: department's fine; they're fine. I love those guys. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Everybody in the crew is really cool. I I I went yeah, to we bed early every night to Emily, except for the last night they made me do did shotgun it? shotgun beers. Mm. And, did you uh, kneel? Hey, man. I didn't kneel. Did I kneel? I don't even remember. After like I have video.
4: I have video evidence of it. I'll send it to somebody in the. I'll send it to you somehow so you can you can see it. I'll send it to you. <laughs> I volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> <Cool>. I will, <laughs> yeah i will put this I, in the group I, chat it's, it's a I, long uh, i don't drink anymore what so i was out there shotgun uh sympathy shotgunning LaCroix with everyone so that hurts Ouch. that's almost worse That's almost worse in my opinion you know
6: i think the bulls are bigger and it doesn't sound fun
4: yeah they are they are much bigger for some reason i don't understand that but yeah
3: that is that's a whole new level, dude.
1: So as an you SE know, I, on this tour too, um you deal with a lot of uh PA's du jour too. Mm-hmm. So has that uh, gotten you familiar with other brands except for the Claire stuff? I mean, does it help you or hurt you, you think?
6: Um, I really like it. So I actually I started with JBL at MSI. Um and a great boxer, great set of boxes um and then I worked primarily with L Acoustics when I was at Sound Image um still one of my favorite boxes and then uh, I got to work with Addison while I was there too so then coming to Claire it was nice to keep going forward and working with their cohesion system um and then now they own or we own just about everything so that kind of works out for me um so I don't know I like I like working with different PAs every day because it just kind of keeps my day interesting. Um, and then it, I think it then makes me a better audio engineer. Um, but it's also every once in a while, I just get really tired of like, I want full control of the system. I want to do zone control. I want to be the one doing all the time alignment. I want to be the one that picked the angles and pick the subconfiguration and all that. So yes, I like it because it's interesting for me. But there are some days where just like that lack of being able to actually be in control of it just is not my favorite.
3: I I think for me, like seven weeks was enough. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm glad I did it. I learned a lot from it. Looking forward to something else. Yeah.
4: Man, I know Courtney can sympathize with this, but the Brothers is my first monitor gig. So 10 years prior to that, I've been a front of house engineer and my entire 10 year span at that point had all been PA and console du jour for the most part. And, uh, I, I, I sympathize. It's just, you, you see it all and you get to mix on it all. And sometimes it helps you in your, in your, um, you know, progress as an engineer. And sometimes, you know, it can really, it can hurt you, you know, because you might show up to a gig and the PA might be all out of whack and you might not know how to, you know, how to remedy that, you know, and the systems engineer, obviously if the PA is messed up is clearly not going to be of great help, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. PA du jour is, uh, it's definitely, yeah, definitely leaves a, leaves a weird taste in your mouth for sure. It sucks. Yeah. Courtney hates it. He hates it. He hates it so much. (laughs) There's, I mean, honestly this year,
5: I don't know what it is. Um, but I just feel like before I I used to be able to walk into a JBL system and know exactly how it's going to sound, and this year I've just there's been so many bad sounding systems that should sound good, and I don't you know I, I don't have time to go into you know how they set it up and everything, and if it's a festival, obviously it's been there a couple of days, you know, and then up. It's kind of the reason that Emily's out there so that she can do that for me while I'm doing the other PM stuff, but it's Yeah, I, I don't know what it is this year <laughs> to be honest with you cuz all the other you years I I last year
6: with your I think it spoiled
5: PM. last year when we toured with our own co10 boxes. That was great just knowing exactly how it was going. to... I wouldn't even need to sound check if um the brothers didn't want to. And they didn't some days, but um, but now it's, I could, I could literally just walk up to the console and mix the show, but now it's all over the place as far as where the starting volume is, where what's feeding back, how loud the front fills are. It's just, it's absolute chaos.
1: Let, let's talk about that. We haven't really messed with that on the show because Michael's been doing a lot of it. Sam's been doing a lot of it where we all go fill in and do SC work all over the place. And, um, it is. And I think when you see major companies advertising jobs on Facebook, that might be a clear indication why the PA doesn't sound like it did last year. Um, and a lot of us have been taking that into account, I think, because, um, you know, lack of training, getting the rust knocked off, whatever the case may be, it's, it's a hard subject to to fall into but um a lot of us are going back into this almost as new folk this year and uh we did that as well is walking into festival shows and it's like holy cow this was acceptable last week why is it ex- like uh, who didn't like fix it um michael you you've been walking into a lot of sites like this as well this year
2: i wrote an article about this recently yeah i my estimation was that half of the PAs I walk into have major problems. Um, and so I think there's a couple of factors. One, Kyle, I think you're right on the money. I mean, COVID devastated the industry such that a lot of people aren't doing this job anymore. And so there are less qualified systems engineers out there, just like there are less qualified everything else in audio right now. Um, and there are a lot of newer people who don't have the experience coming into those positions. So, so part of that is I think you have more inexperienced people part of that is not a covid thing at all but in general a lot of a lot of manufacturer trainings focus on those specific tool sets so here's how to use our prediction software here's how to use our uh control software and a lot of them don't spend much time on actual fundamentals of acoustics or line rate theory or things like that so people know these tools really well but they don't understand um, conceptually, why you might choose one speaker position over a different speaker position, or you know, the science behind the decisions that we're making. So that's part of it. As Pooch said it recently, he said you know, no one did science to this; they just hung it. And so that's kind of a really, a really good shorthand for what happened. Um, a lot of it also is a constant erosion. Uh, So there's always a push to like hang less PA and make it cheaper and make it faster and not bring as much stuff and not spend as much time designing it. And the only thing pushing back against that is assistance engineer in most cases. So um, if you don't go, Hey, we need side hangs because you sold 600 tickets on both sides or, Hey, that's on the front fills or people down here are not going to be able to hear. If you don't push back on that, you're not going to get those things. Um, And so I think a lot of it is, that it's just a gradual erosion of people not pushing back on those things and not making sure that the standards are kept up, and um, that has the unfortunate consequence of making a properly specified system look like overkill. Um, so, so that's that's an issue too, and that happens at all levels. That's not a that's not a club versus arena thing. That's just there's always this pressure to like do less, make it cheaper, make it faster. Um, I always like to say the most efficient version of the show is not doing it. Right. So, so at some point like that, that's not the goal anymore. Um, You know, what are you trying to do? And, and so I think, I think that's part of it too. And so I think you've got sort of a cocktail right now of um, people who want to do a good job and, and just don't have the experience or skills yet or are, uh, are taking trainings, but the trainings aren't offering all of the knowledge that you need to, to be super effective. And, you know, you've got, Budget cuts that are more severe than they ever were and and all that stuff. So I think, you know, I, and I think honestly, and, and I might get it. I've already gotten a couple nasty grams for this, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's true. A lot of it is apathy. If you hand me a PA and left and right or reverse, that just means you didn't check. That's that's I mean, doesn't you don't need advanced training. You don't need totally, to know prediction yeah. software really well. That's just you didn't fucking do your job. That's all it is, you know, um, that type of thing or or trim heights are not matched and I can see that they're not matched. So now I'm going, well, what else didn't this person check? So now I got to go check all this other stuff Mm -hmm. that doesn't, again, it's not, it's not about being a super smart ninja. That's about taking 10 seconds and, and just, you know, keeping the quality of your own work up. Um, so it's a, a lot of the, and Chris is not here, but what he would say is, this is about give a shit. And so you can't, you can't make somebody else give a shit at the end of the day. And and so, um. Emily, I like I feel what you're saying. Like you know, if, if the person who who did that deployment gave a shit, I don't have to do all that much to it when I show up. When we did, uh, I don't remember who the provider was, but we did a Miguel gig at, at VCon, and I walked in. and Usually, I'm like, all right, fucking zero everything out. Let's just tune this whole. Let's go through it. And I like walked and I took a couple measurements. I'm like, this is brilliant. I think I asked for like two dB of shading, and I was like, this is cool. I'm just gonna send you left, right, which I've never done. I'm always like, I want to drive every zone. Um, and they did such a good job with it. That that's the only time I've ever walked into a system and not had to like do stuff to it. And so, God, I should look up who the provider was because they deserve some public praise for that. But um, that was done with give a shit. And so, if the, if there's give a shit all along the way, then then we don't have to do
4: surgery when we show up. And it's incredible we show up how in, much how much little give a shit it takes in order to make the day that much better. Dude, it takes literally that, so little give a shit, dude, in order to make it happen. <laughs>
2: That is my gospel, man, and it, and it's and it's. I think a lot of people are very intimidated because they're like, well, I don't, you know, it seems daunting to learn so much about the science and the math and all of these tools. And if you're doing like what Emily's doing, where you're walking into a different system every day, you can't just know one tool. You got to know all the tools. So there's a yep. lot there, um, and that's really daunting. But but just just caring a little bit immediately puts you in the stack above all the people who didn't care at all. Um, and it's, it's just, it's so easy to be better than average at this job. And all you have to do is care. Um, and I think, I think that's, that's a big part of this. And, uh, I don't know how to fix that. It's just like, you're just doing this so you can,
1: you know. I think it fixes itself. Say and, and I, 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 Yeah, I guess so. I think so. it kind of fixes itself because, I, like I said, everyone's out for the money grab. Everybody's working right now. People who have never done this are working right now. And I'm sure Courtney, being PM, deals with this firsthand from phone calls and emails that start the thing. Do you get, like, spidey mm-hmm. senses when you're advancing shows and you're like, uh-oh, this is going to be the one?
5: <laughs> yes, sometimes I I know that Luke our tour manager and I we both if we see a production company or promoter that we're like I think we did a show with this we'll put them in our email address search and then we'll go back and look at um our email exchanges and then I'll know I'll remember like right off the bat sometimes I'm like oh yeah this is the guy who brought us a PA with blown subs or, you know, this is the guy who didn't give you have me... the list of shame.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Luke yeah. has
5: a longer one cause he does end of show reports, um, that go to management and, you know, I'll give him the notes and everything that I have. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of times where he'll text me and just be like, Oh yeah, FYI, this is, this is the promoter that, uh, try to get his buddy to be the MC or something stupid you know but um red flag that's one way we, we kind of get around it is just to type their email address in and do some detective work light detective work really uh to find I, out and then we once have
2: we, uh, oh sorry go ahead
5: no i was just gonna say once we once we look at that we can be like oh nope I was thinking of a different person and then I'll go in and handle the, the advance a different way. But if I, I realize no, this is the guy that kind of screwed me over last time, I'm going to, I'm going to go in a, a lot more forceful and get exactly what I want and make sure that everything is written down in detail, you know, that I have confirmation.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I asked questions early on that are designed to help me spotlight problems in advance. You know, like we, one of the, one of the gigs we were advancing and one of the, you know, here's a list of all the stuff we want on the front of house computer and, uh, you know, smart version eight. And the guy's like, well, I don't know. That seems pretty specialized. I'm like, all right. So like, <laughs> <laughs> you be, like t- you've never Red measured flag. a PA that you've Red deployed. Flag. This is not a good start. You know, <laughs> those types of things. Um, if I see, uh, you know, a uh, measurement mic at front of house on a six foot cable, um, you tells me you probably didn't go very far with it you know first I mean, of
6: all mine's on a three-foot cable
2: so. <laughs> <Calm down. laughs> well i you know we were at sam and i were at this festival
4: and who cares about said, anything hey, other than the mix position
2: no that's really what it is i go dude i got my wireless kit with me here if you want to use that and he's like well i'm not going very far it's like why not like what you, you know what i mean so those types of things uh i i see a lot of like question dodging in the advance um Like one actual one was, uh, you know, please confirm that you have inclinometers on all your flown arrays uh, because we got to get the angles right. And the response was, we'll get the angles right. I was like, that's not what I asked you. You know what I mean? So those types of things. Um, So I I think above all, I want someone to be honest with me. Um, If you don't have a certain thing, just tell me you don't have it. Then we will sort out another plan. Like if you don't have the galaxy that I asked for, that's cool. I'll put mine on the plane. But if you lie to me and tell me you're going to get it and then you don't, then we show up and we don't have this thing that that we need for our show. So I don't I don't understand the end game of I'm going to lie and say we're compliant with your writer when we're not because it's not like we're not going to find out when we get there. Um, and it's that happens far more often than then I think people would think that dishonesty and I I would just, just tell me what's up and we'll, we'll come up with some solution, but we can't do that if you're not, you know, being honest. And I I think that's, that's when I start to really get frustrated is because um, that's just so not productive.
3: Well, I'll go Go for it. I was gonna say the one thing I want to add is like, if you, if you support like your crew, period, and you help people do their jobs, whether you have the gear or not, give us the right information. Just tell me what I need to know. Uh, if I send you a design, like maybe if you can't do it for one reason or another, that's cool. But like it's not necessarily I'm all for coming up with things together, but like just saying no and sending me something different isn't an effective dialogue. And so like working with front-of-house engineers who Are really great about supporting like their essays and their texts has been like completely game changing to me like that has been like the best thing in the world because you can get such better results when you can have a dialogue whether you work for a vendor whether you're freelance whether you're talking about what your artist needs or just straight up trying to figure out how to make a pile of gear go together like I think that's super underrated. Just having that ability to have the dialogue.
6: I would say one of the things that
3: oh, and like sorry. have everybody on the same page and just figure it out. Everybody <laughs> wants to have a good show.
6: I would say one of the things that I found yeah, that I think- super interesting about this year is uh, the amount no, of PA that we I We have like the crazy space
2: lasers latency here. So go ahead, Emily. The computer
6: provider doesn't have a computer that has processing, and it's kind of yeah. like cool. But I need I need shading. I need these things. I need your bottom four boxes to not yep. be just absolutely yep. blasting in the high end. And you're, you're, I can't, I can't turn it down on mine. And like, to me, that's a big red flag for how my day is going to go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And we, I mean, the, the show that I'm on are the contracts is, the rider's very, very clear explicitly. We need EQ, you know, full processing on every box or pair of boxes, period. Like, I don't want to see three boxes of zone. I want to see four boxes. Like, it lays it all out. It's very clear. And I think the problem that we have is that so many acts go, here's our rider. And then the vendor will go, this is what we have. And so they're used to the rider being very, very loose. Um, and I don't really operate like that. I go like, look, I already trimmed all the bullshit out. I already trimmed all the fat out. This is, this is our actual requirements. Um, and and with serious production people, they tend to appreciate that because we don't have to do the dance now. We don't have to go back and forth and like haggle. It's just like this is what we need. Um, but some of the smaller town production companies, like the mom and pop production companies, um, I think are really used to just going, well, yeah, but this is it, and they think, well, they don't actually need all this, and they don't ever discuss it with us. Um, so again, I think I think I just want to have good communication. Yeah. And I want to know early on if there's something we can't get and then we'll, we'll sort it out, you know, but I think a lot of the time it's just, it's complacency and I don't think that's really cool.
1: Courtney's on fire. Yeah. I a lot of these to talk. I know it. What's that? I know you're just on fire right now. Cause he's saying everything that you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think that the, it
5: sucks cause I'm, I'm not like a big fan of like the Walmart style of, you know, run the mom and pop places out of business, but at the same time, the mom and plop, mom and plop, uh, <laughs> for yeah. uh but the, the mom and pops, yeah, we'll just plop mom and style, plop uh, the PA right there. That's exactly what they do. I mean, they'll just, they'll, they'll do it to get the work and then they, you know, like, Oh, this is fine. They'll, you know, you can make this yeah. work happen. It's like, I can make it work, but this isn't what we requested. Right. This is not what was in the budget. This is, and I think that they're just throwing gear together.
4: Yeah I think I think a good point on that though is is being stuck in those situations I think we as a crew have taken that and sort of used it to our benefit I guess to Kate, like develop that sort of camaraderie that you saw out there Kyle you know because some shows yeah we do get hosed on hands and you know it's not that the advance was wrong it's just that six of them decided to just not show up that morning or you know, the the lead riggers in a bad mood and he's in the ceiling and his down riggers are not, you know, doing exactly what he wants. So he throws a fit and he quits, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, there's countless times where Anderson, he jumps in with the lighting crew and hangs motors with them and runs motors out while they're pinning and truss. And, you know, Courtney, he, you know, he hangs our ladder lighting wall with the lighting team on the back and, you know, Emily and I, we will help the video team pin the wall together and do all that kind of stuff because it's, you know, we don't necessarily look at it as like it's just the audio department or the lighting department or the video department. It is a an amalgamation of all these things to make the Brothers Osborne show happen, you know. So if, you know, we're waiting around to load in because lighting's not done, it's like, okay, let's hop in and just do the do the. Stagehand stuff that we can do in order to, you know, help that process along and, you know, the lighting and video team, they appreciate it. And when we're on, you know, they reciprocate that same kind of thing to us when we're on festival shows and we're not carrying lighting or we're not doing video those days but the crew is still out on the weekends, you know, they set up mic stands with Anderson or they run NC 14s or they help pin the deck. Right. They do any other amount of backline stuff or audio things that need to get done because, you know, ultimately, you know, working as a team is what is going to make everyone on the crew successful. Not just the audio department. Well, I mean, which is the best department, but
1: you know, yeah, I think they it's know just, it. it's just that they kind of
4: people. It's that kind of mentality, you know, it's that kind of mentality of like, Let's hop in and let's help our our brothers and sisters in the crew and let's, let's get the job done and let's show, you know, let's set the example for the people locally that we're working with. Like, look, you know, okay, it's kind of a crap day, you know, we get the circumstances, but we're going to rise above it and we're going to pull together and we're all going to make it happen together, you know. And at the end of the day, when we're on the bus, the camaraderie, you know, is is much better, you know, albeit a stressful or not so stressful day. It helps at the end of the day, knowing that everyone was there for each other and everyone had each other's backs, which is, which is a great feeling, especially when you're out just in the world. I mean, you're not in your home base, you're not out there. So you have to look to those people that you live with for that kind of support, you know, and if you are in a situation where you don't have that, I mean, I can only imagine the, like the, what kind of stress that puts on a, on a department or a person where it's, you know, just watching all the other departments just sit around and wait for you to get out of the way and watch you struggle as opposed to just jumping in, doing a quick 30 or 45 minutes worth of extra work and then moving the entire thing along exponentially that way. You know, a little bit of give a shit goes a long way, right? Right. We so, had a
2: T-shirt for that too. I, well, think, I think that's. I, the, I mean, that's the issue. Some of these vendors, like you've got the guy who does not have that attitude and doesn't care about your show, yeah, or your yeah. artist or or you, and it's just like I'm going to do the bare minimum all day today, and then I'm going to go home. And it's like that's that's where we get into these situations I'm talking about, where you didn't spend a, one more second than was absolutely necessary on this, and you don't yeah. fucking care to discuss. And it I know with the anybody. I know it's the four like, of poison.
4: us. We take we take the audio department very seriously. We take you know, the precision and the consistency that we can have out there very seriously. And when we run into a situation on like that, you know, it just angers like it angers me. I'm not sure about the mm-hmm. rest of them, but it like, it really upsets me to come out here and see other quote unquote professionals doing this and not, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it's like not seeing other audio professionals hold themselves to the same standard that I would hold myself or anyone else on our crew to is just upsetting, is upsetting to me. You know,
1: I see a lot of uh, people treating stagehands bad because it's their first or second show, you know, and they just were there to fill a call. Take the time and
4: and show them, man. Take, take
1: the time. Like they're getting that same rush that we did when we first did shows, you know, it's, it's important. That is one thing that I take. Really seriously, as a production manager is
5: because i have i 've done shows with bands I like before, and after working with them it 's left a bad taste in my mouth because i 've had their crew guys be complete yep and utter jerks for a mm. nice polite term um, <laughs> i still i 'm thinking of a few of them right now, and I just like I would love to just. <laughs> told them a piece of my mind. But the thing is, like, they, that ultimately comes down to the band because I don't know that guy's name, but I do know the band mm-hmm. that they work for. Yep. And I think that's a lot of we it. We talk left.
2: about all the time. You leave and you go, man, so-and-so, that whole tour was, that you know, that you're, you're representing the artist. Hi, Kemper. Um, you no, know, and I think that's what it is. Like, I would never get upset with a vendor for not having a, a thing. But I will absolutely get upset with the vendor for lying to me about having a thing. So yeah. it's, again, are we going to come together and are we going to take this seriously and do it? Or are you going to try to get mad that somebody's touching your sandcastle? You know what I mean? That's really what it is. It feels like <laughs> sandbox, yeah. like kindergarten sandbox. Like it's just yeah. bullshit, man. Yeah. It's like, but dude, I mean, Honestly, I think that that do that's this.
5: since day one that has been someone's job is to find a way to save a company money. I mean, even this, mm-hmm. my job is to save our guys money. Someone else out there, the audio person is supposed to save them money by trying to make something fit within a budget. Um, and at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that will just rather than give you what you requested and what you agreed upon. They don't care about the name of their company or anything else, and they're just going to do what it takes to save them money. And they're not thinking long term of, oh, wow, this person yeah. knows other people and their management is a very large management company and their booking agent is a very large booking company. And they're going to go in back and say, do, do not ever work with these people again. Yeah, I've, We've done that quite a few times with our uh, booking and management and they've pulled artists from festivals and other things because of that. So, I mean, it is a little bit, but it, I think that's the only real thing that you can do, Michael, is, I guess, just start pulling your artist and st- start saying, OK, well, we're not going to do a show if that's the production company.
1: I, I think.
2: Yeah. And, you know, obviously, I don't, you know, the SE doesn't have the the pull to do such a thing. But, you know, we do, we do in our after show reports, we are, you know we are it's clear if if somebody was just wasting our time or being dishonest it's i think it's the dishonesty that is a that is a trigger for me yeah Um, like literally been lied to about what pa would be provided and it's just like do you think i wasn't going to (laughs) notice you know what i mean like that type of thing so it's 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 again like i i don't care what we're i could be it could be jbl eons on sticks but that's that's all fine and dandy but i want to get together with you and say okay this is what we have how are we going to make this work you know what what do we need to do to get our to get the best results out of this and if you're there for that conversation then we're going to be fine um but if you if you made it clear that you don't give a shit and fuck me and fuck my artists and all that stuff and you can't wait to go home it's like just go home dude <laughs> like, like wait yeah. let's not let's not do the dance for 12 hours Why don't let's you just do like, the
1: thing you know? too and i saw everybody under crew courtney and i loved it was thank and be appreciative of what help we were getting and um and Here's the deal, and I want all of our listeners to know this. No matter what side of the ball you are on, nobody goes home and says, oh, that girl or that guy from so-and-so company did piss me off. No, they say that artist's name, and then they say our dicks. They don't really separate it out too much because everybody takes it home is that artist and their dicks. Remember that you are a direct representation of who you are working for. No matter if you work for a company or you work directly independently or you're just hanging out for the day, like, don't there's no reason to make people mad enough for you to leave the venue and go, that artist had a bunch of dicks working for him like mm-hmm. and and I think any company vendor pr- production manager production people puts up with that person and makes an excuse for those people dragging that artist name through the dirt should be gone you should be gone if you can't treat dude if and, you can't treat people and with it's like empathy what and, and, and and try to get yeah. things worked out in a polite manner and not yell and curse and call people and send people off because you don't like the way they're working, then maybe you need to be sent off. Period. What's uh, what's the brother's Osborne?
4: What's the crew (laughs) rule number one, Courtney?
5: Uh, is no yelling tick. Yeah,
4: no yelling. That's right. No yelling.
5: No yelling to honestly, I don't even know how many times we get. You guys are such a nice crew and no one here yells and i'm i'm really shocked that people actually it happens so much that they have to tell you that like it's normal Mm. for for artists and crew to come in and be complete dickheads to everybody that's they're helping them out and i'm like you win more bees with honey stop like learn the person's name call them by their name and they're there helping you for four hours on the in, four hours on the out. Build a relationship with them. I mean, you're they're right next to you. Talk with them. Ask them what else they do with their hobbies. Oh, I like Gojira too. Nice T-shirt. You know, like yeah, that's all you got to do. That's all yeah, you literally. takes a, just that. Actually, little Brothers bit Osborne to make rule number one is with somebody. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, even John and TJ have always said that. You know, like
2: Dude, yeah. we had KD on the show. We talked about this. We were we were dealing with some we were working through the system, and she's like, "Hey, thanks for not yelling at me." And I was like, "What?" Like I was so blown away that she said that she, her expectation was that since we didn't have a you know a day free of issues, that I was going to yell at her. And I was like, "What?" That's absolutely ridiculous. Like that someone would come in and yell at you because the amps aren't the way they want them. Like I I can't even fathom that. But apparently it's it's I might disappointingly I might yell at sense.
4: Anderson during the show, <laughs> um, but that's only because nine times out of ten we have uh like a deluxe a Fender deluxe pointed right at Monitor World, screaming at like 105 dB. So I don't have any other choice but to yell at him. So. Or, that, or that one time it wasn't
1: working. There was a part where it wasn't working. At that while last... you were out with us, yep. And you guys got to yell at the guitar tech then. Or you weren't yelling at him. you were just.
4: <laughs> oh yeah we usually just like we usually do the game of throne thing where we shame him from monitor rose point and go oh shame Ooh. shame and then i get on the comm because it goes to all their ears and i'll shame him yeah we from, have all that closed circuit comm yeah stuff wired in it's
5: that's a our comm is is fun for that because i'll yell out in the show like tj sometimes just whips his guitar off and he'll just throw it
0: and just yeah. expect
5: Esteban to catch it and uh like sometimes I'm like good save Esteban because he doesn't know when he's gonna hand it and when he's gonna throw it. Um he's on his toes a lot.
3: Sick. All right, well Kyle, do you do you have a question now? Is this gonna be a thing? I don't
1: know. I think the last last one bombed. I think it was just a culmination of everything.
3: Oh, I thought you did that, oh, I liked it.
1: All right, so
4: it was a question. Questions, questions, okay. questions. Uh,
1: by the way, utmost respect for you guys. It was super fun. If I can ever come hang out and just be a spectator in the background and you guys are around, I'm totally going to do it because I loved your guys' crew. I love. I The band was good. And I tell you what, that guitar player, brother, is something special. There's something like, even though I'm on Emily's side and I don't like the guitar solo thing, that dude can play. Holy smokes! I mean, all those people can play. The key player was ripping. Like it, it was kind of it was a fun show. And I've noticed that about country artists. And I'll do this before my question is that there's something very captivating about them. Uh, the music might be kind of simple and poppy, and. Melodic, blah blah blah, but there's something captive about country musicians who do it really well, and Brothers Osborne definitely has that in their in their crew and their music. Okay, so here's my question: um, I just turned fifty this year. I turned 50 right after I did that little thing from you. So I made it. I'm, I'm living. I got my, re- my new readers on. I can see everything very clear. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just 50? <laughs> yeah, just 50. I never thought I'd make it to this point. 50 and you need glasses. Wow. I know, right. It's shocking. Uh, I'd say you're doing pretty well for yourself. I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. I squatted 315 pounds, three reps of eighteen or eight today. So I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, you're doing pretty well. <sighs> So
5: Mike, my- we've seen those thunder thighs that you have. Yeah, kind of short shorts. Shorts. yeah, man.
2: He sends, he sends yeah, so many short pictures shorts. of the group text of him. Yeah,
3: <laughs> scantily it's like 80, clad. yeah. It's 80% of the group chat. Someone, yeah, someone said guys, something. They're like, I could tell, a, I could tell a cyclist
5: <laughs> talking about you. Cause you were wearing short, yeah. your, your Daisy Dukes yeah. one day and they were like, I could tell he's a cyclist.
1: I'm like, now he plays soccer. That's right. And they're like, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I could, I could smash a watermelon in these thighs. Okay. So I turned fifty. I really never thought I was gonna be here. I mean I thought I was gonna be this crappy punk rock front of house guy or in a crappy metal band my whole life. And uh things have definitely I've perpetuated this. So all of you have been doing this for quite some time. Where do you see this going when you're fifty? And we'll just do round robin. Whoever goes first, you point out the next person, we'll do it again. Are you gonna make it to fifty? Well, uh, since, since, since I'm sitting, the closest I'm to fifty in it right now, <laughs> <laughs>
4: Anderson. Anderson, no, hold on, hold on. Anderson hasn't said anything in a long time. Anderson, so yeah, speak I'll, up. I'll, yeah, you go first.
1: I'll go and first. I was super right. super right. right. Wait, wait why, don't,
4: why don't you, Anderson? Why don't you?
5: Why don't you say where you think that the other someone else will be when they're fifty? Oh, and then say, oh, and then yeah. say oh, where great. you're. Oh, then say where great. you're gonna oh, be. Okay. I got. Oh.
7: All right, all right, all right. I got this. I'm going to take the easy one on the first one. Uh, when when Courtney hits 50, I, I think he's going to be PM in front of house still out out with Brothers Osborne. <laughs> but he's going to have to make an executive decision within a couple of years on that. There's going to be either be a new front of house or a new PM. He, he can't do both at that point. He mm. At that point, he has to make that executive decision. And I see him choosing the front of house engine. Yay, I see him I've, I've been
4: prepping him. I've been prepping him. For, for that decision for for a few years He's now. He's been ago. grooming it's me. There's going to there's going to come a day when you're going to have to make a decision and that's going to be to either sit in the office full time or sit at your console full time.
1: My my thing was is if you can make a noodly fucking metal band like between the barrier and me sound great through club and little basement PAs, you're a wicked sound engineer and to have brothers at your nobody fingertips.
5: said nobody said I made them sound good
1: dude every time I saw them so I, I worked at the marquee in Phoenix and are in Tempe and at the Nile theater and saw them both places and it was stellar every time I could hear notes which was crazy because I did napalm Death shows where it was it was just noise for 20 minutes I was like this is awesome but yeah, yeah. I know it's,
5: it's a, this there's a side tangent but for me personally like for me to want to mix a band or something i i work for musicians like i cannot do i've had country artists hit me up and be like you know do you want to do front of house and i look at the artist and i'm like no absolutely not like i have to you have to have musicians on stage that are talented and you have to have music that i want to hear for an hour and a Mm -hmm. half every night and i mean bt band was so easy to work with because they're so talented and i mean the the brothers are uh, incredibly talented too everyone on stage plays on the album um for brothers so it's they've got a great cohesive feel um that they bring to the table i mean i've done there's tours where i'll mix the opening band and not for like when i was doing like bt bam i'm not going to name any names but I, I call them set it and forget it bands i just put everything at unity and do everything through gain and then i don't do anything unless someone plays a solo and then it's like okay that one fader move was all i did in the last 45 minutes because they're volumes at 10 they don't there's no changes through anything yep. and I, I couldn't never work for a band like that it would just be so boring
1: um, anderson where do you see yourself when you're 50 now that you made him do it
7: all right, when I hit 50, I see myself being a collegiate professor. I see me teaching audio Swiss. to all the young up and coming kids <laughs> who don't understand that the speed of sound is 1130 feet per second or I'll quiz them on that and then ask them at the speed what speed in meters
4: at what degrees Anderson which, is at that speed.
7: Is it is it Oh, that's at uh, 72 degrees. But we could also change it, you know, you uh, there's another formula. You can calculate it at, at any specific temperature and or humidity outside. <laughs> Uh-huh.
5: <laughs> Professor Professor Hall, can you please tell Professor us about Hall. that time you did cocaine off a of hooker in Phoenix? <laughs>
7: It was a fun time, but uh, kids don't do that in the future. <laughs> Professor Paul, you're a good kid. tell us
4: about that time you and Logan, the monitor engineer, smoked blunts as big as your middle fingers. <laughs> every. Which night one? That happened every one? other night. <laughs> Is that every night after loadout? Sorry. August. We just call that August. Go ahead. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs>
7: Edit, please, or beep that out, please. <laughs> yeah, one future student so 20 years. Smoking, yeah. Beep. You don't know whether. are <laughs> <laughs> well, by that time it'll be perfectly legal. So when the kids quote me on it, you know it'll it'll just be the past me breaking the law, not the present.
1: Will me. you go for your doctorate <laughs> at that point?
7: I don't know about a PhD. I, I think in audio, a master's is good enough. I, you can't get much past a master's degree in audio. There's very few universities that'll do a PhD for it. But uh when I hit fifty, I'll see me teaching full time in the fall and spring. And maybe if I still get the energy to do it, go out on the road during the summer. Not teach summer classes, but go out, do some monitor engineer, front of house mixing, S E, something like that. Um
6: sweet. Where do I see Next. Logan at fifty? Emily,
3: <laughs> where do you
7: see yourself at fifty?
5: Where do you see Logan at fifty? Yeah, where do you see Logan? Logan first? will finally have some cows on his
6: farm. For yeah, him to come play just with.
4: give me the hammer. Just don't <laughs> be—don't even be easy.
6: I feel like Logan's going to go back to front of house. I feel like he's going to be back out at front of house with <laughs> yeah. some metal legacy band that he loves, and then he comes home to his cows and lets me play with him.
1: Dragon Force. Um
6: and then Yo man, over.
4: I will hang out with the Herman X-50. Lee
6: fifty
1: absolutely. Baby metal. Oh god. No. No. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I sent him a band uh, in in a text, and <laughs> because I think oh. you guys mentioned them earlier, and I don't want to bring it up because yeah, if you guys work decision. with them or know people, I don't want to.
4: They do, they do, they do, they do. I know. It's fine. It's not personal. It's we'll say it when this is off. Musical, it's, it's just off one man's musical <laughs> preference. That's all. It's just um, one uh, man's musical preference. That's all that is. Not <laughs> sure. um,
6: Emily, really you're going to 50. End up what are you be fifty. More doing the system than actually deploying it every day. hopefully in a climate control office yelling at my computer because it's a cad system isn't working Ah. yes So
2: the answer to where do you see yourself in fifty years is sitting in the air conditioning. That's. <laughs> that <is the laughs> awesome. I
1: love that answer. No, Goals. No more chafing. dishes. No, it's just, it's No more. It's a no more chafing. No more chicken it's, and it's rice.
6: Honey. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You should start you should start telling the the, the SPL police that it's a dry 106. Yeah. and The SPL is a dry 106. No, 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 it's fine. It's it's a dry 106. We're good.
3: I'm stealing. We got a couple
4: head. dB left. We'll take the humidity on yeah, and the vocals, yeah. make them less wet.
3: Yeah. Logan. Logan, where are you going to be at 50?
1: Where's where's Anderson? Cool. Gonna be you got CD? you got to say yeah, no Wait. no yeah, you can do that. No, no,
4: where's this is where Emily's going to be. This is I'm, sheer chaos. No. This is insane. Uh okay, Emily is going to be at 50. She's not going to be Well, she'll still be in the air conditioning, but she's going to be at her own uh used bookstore <laughs> that has a hmm. like an exotic loose leaf tea bar. Attached to it as well. That's, That's what a, that is by the time she's uh, 50. fair. And then I wasn't going to say the loose hustle, leaf she's tea gonna bar, move, but Her side that, that hustle plays. is going to be like that super top shelf sort of like <laughs> system design where you hire Emily if you really only have the the exquisite budget for it. She only takes yeah. top shelf contracts. None of this nickel and, and diamond bullshit anymore. She doesn't have a phone either.
5: You have to come into her used bookstore and loose leaf tea shop and then you have to like come in and say I'm interested in your services and then if she puts a bookmark in her book and puts it down then you have her attention. Uh yeah. Otherwise just piss yep. off cuz she's not going to give you the time yep. day. And then she's going to have a,
4: a definitely have a cat, a bookstore cat. Definitely just like a YouTube like a her. like a sassy I don't, you know, I don't care about you, sassy bookstore cat. That's just like on the top shelf, just peering down, you know, ab- above all the peasants that are It shopping. sits right there by the
5: door. So anytime someone walks in, just swats your head. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Wh- wh- where do I see myself in when I'm 50? Um, I'm, I- I'm hoping I'm sitting in it right now you know not necessarily the room but um i'm try- those, those, trying those those build- those that specific pair of underwear <laughs> yeah <that's- laughs> i hope <laughs> i hope i'm wearing the same clothing and all of everything by the when i'm 50 uh no i hope uh i hope i'm still trying to run um and build uh sam's creek studio it's the little just home mix room i have here at the house and you know you can see some of the stuff behind me but you can't see you know any of this you know all the all the gear right now but I'm hoping, you know, that's the idea is to, uh, you know, build the clientele where I can do this full time, whether it be studio mixing, producing, you know, live broadcast mixing, whatever, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, trying to get in more to the post-production game. And
1: you're pretty much a fucking farmer and a cow. I would say you're a cowboy without cows, but you have horses.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have um, we have five five horses, uh, soon to be six. Our mare right now, Rosie, she's pregnant. So, my wife Abby, she's been in 4-H, and uh, you know, that's all it takes, kids. uh, She has her AG degree uh, in equine science and nutrition from MTSU, as well as her master's in nursing. So. Um, if you want to talk to somebody really interesting? See, <laughs> I'm the dumbest person on the planet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I played past. You're not talking so about le- things I'm that learning. I like.
4: <laughs> I'm learning as I'm going, and I feel like um, I'm more or less not the cowboy, but I'm merely the ranch hand that you know knows how to square three pieces of timber together and concrete a post in the ground and build a fence and do all the all the mechanical repairs to the lawnmower and to the four-wheeler and to all the other, you know, all the tractor stuff. I
1: can and, barely rent a spot at is, a KOA. I, like it takes me a couple <laughs> days to figure out how to rent my KOA campsite.
4: <laughs> and uh, I think, I think my wife quickly realized that I've always been that way. I've always been a hands-on sort of take it apart and rebuild it kind of guy. And my studio is a lot of that same way. Um, if you were to see it, it's a lot of old um, like reclaimed You know broadcast console and the amplifiers are all class a solid state stuff from the late 60s and it's all stuff that i bought really cheap and it's all stuff that i um i i learned you know just by doing to fix and you know read the schematics and recap and you know do all that other kind of stuff um but yeah, that's kinda like that's kinda like my I think it's more or less my personality more than a hobby. It's just kind of always it's always been that way. So I'm hoping in when I'm fifty I'll I'll have a um, as successful uh, studio business that I've had as well as you know to equal my success in live sound as well. Courtney that was the
3: Courtney, who do you get to way. roast?
4: <laughs>
5: uh I guess no one did Anderson.
1: Nope, Rose to Anderson first. No,
5: um, honestly, I think Anderson, 100%, I could see him being a professor at 50. But he already said that, so now I've got to take something else. Um, if he's not teaching, I will say that he'll be doing monitors somewhere for someone. Um, I do know that that's something that he really does enjoy. Um if he's not doing monitors, he would be designing some sort of tech, or telling someone else how to design it. Standing over there with his master's degree in one hand, being like, "I know everything. You solder this joint, knuckleheads." <laughs> <laughs> um, Those who can't do then he teach, would I'll be show them. On a farm next to Logan.
7: <laughs>
4: He lives out all the way. Oh, yeah. Out in Anderson so also, lived- yeah, Anderson also. Yeah, Anderson also lives on like ten acres too. Man.
7: I'm out here on seven acres, so it's beautiful out seeing deer every night or rabbits hopping out around. And then I'm right next door to 100 open acres, so 107 acres right here that I get to chill on. And it's very peaceful. Once I'm off the road and I see all the cities and get to enjoy seeing the world, I get to come home to a home base and be like, all right, I
1: can relax. What am I doing with my life? Have some peace here. You guys are going to be doing awesome You're living stuff. in St. Louis. Yeah, true. I haven't, wait, I haven't shoot. Been, I haven't been shot yet, right? Oh, we were
4: in. Oh no, wait. We, we were no, in we totally were not. No, no, no. Don't say that. No, we weren't. No, oh God, dude. I, totally I no. Something. I am oh, so
5: God. sorry. Oh, I'll, I admit my faults, man. Oh, crap. And then my my wife and I we took our two girls there last weekend. I am
1: an I'm a loser, dude. I'm so sorry. It's cool, you know. Least likely to succeed. It was in the yearbook. <laughs> it was me. Oh no no it's okay it's okay you guys are on the Whatever show you your guys name made is, the show you're, cool. you're
5: good enough <laughs>
1: <laughs> courtney where do you see yourself in 50 years not in st louis for oh, sure I, to you're gonna get shot now. Um, uh, I hope i'm still alive
5: um what do you'll be know. like 96
4: at that point i will be at 50 yeah at 50 i'll be 96 um, Oh, I thought I was thinking 50 years. You'll be 96 now. No.
5: In seven years, I'll be 50. And, um, I will, I hope I'm still touring. Um, I'm, I'll still be touring. This is all I've really done. I worked in the restaurant industry from like the time I was 15 to 27 or so. And it's either that or this. So I'm not going back to working in a restaurant. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Nothing but, like greasy shoes to let you realize that you want to do this more than have greasy shoes. Exactly. I just I I'll like, take, like doing live I'll take songs little.
5: So.
4: I'll take sticky little pieces of E tape on the bottom of my shoe over a greasy sole
1: any day. Yep. Gigfoot, dude. Gigfoot is a thing. Yeah. Michael.
4: I'll take I'll take gigfoot over grease foot any day.
1: Michael, we should communally Answer or ask the question about food because they all live in the same park.
4: I, w-
2: I was just thinking, I mean, that was just such a fantastic. We are so far ridiculously over the time limit for this episode. And also, that was such a fantastic series of questioning. You should be an attorney, Kyle. Um, Thank you. How about this collectively best, best catering experience that you can recall? I'll do it that way. Oh,
5: Guilford, New Hampshire. Daga.
4: Oh, or Tag that too, good. yeah.
2: Yeah,
5: Lake Winnipesaukee Guildford, for sure. Guilford, New Hampshire has the best everything. Yeah. I mean, like, I would go there and do a show for free because the catering is always on point for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They have bikes that you can go ride in their woods and go down to the lake. Uh, they play What About Bob nonstop since it was filmed near there, and they have s'mores after yeah. the show at night. It's, it's the best ever. They don't really have the dressing rooms, but the thing is nobody, nobody
4: goes in the dressing rooms because it's so beautiful out there. And they don't, you don't think about it because they have all of those other distractions, you know, they have so many things to keep you occupied during the day that you're not thinking like, "Ah, well, I can't, I don't want to go hang out in the shit dressing room. It's like, I'm going to go ride this big wheel for like six miles around the venue and, you know, come back and I'm looking forward to that steak and lobster for dinner, you know? Exactly. And And then they added a mini golf course. They know. They did. Yeah, that's right. So. Sweet, Uh, Dega Dega would be a close second. Um, I I remember I second that that Dega. Yeah, definitely my greatest catering experience.
7: As Emily said earlier, like my first tour, I was spoiled on. It had Dega catering. Somehow I got the back middle passenger bunk. Nice. I don't know how. It was my first world tour and I got a middle bunk. <sighs> Miracles happened. So I was spoiled with that. And then after a tour or two with Dega and, and getting good bunk spots, I was like, oh, okay. Not all the caterings near as good as Dega's food is.
5: <laughs> I think that there should be like everyone always says like, oh, if you go out to eat at a restaurant, you should have to have waited uh, wait tables or work in the service industry for a year or two before you can like actual deal with these people. And I really think that anyone that tours has to do it in a van down by the river. No, but in a van <laughs> and you should not be able to play Red Rocks your first year Madison square garden. You shouldn't have catering. You have to find random food that for $5 to feed you for two meals and you have to eat little Caesars pizza for, for a week. Shout out! Shout out to all the
4: freelancers out there. Yep. Shout out to all the hardcore bands. Sh- shout out to metal. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and you know, shout out to the regional country artists too, man, because that might as well be metal at that point. Yep. Sam Boone, you're gonna
1: answer. You, all you, right, do
3: it. Do it. Do it.
6: Uh, all right, uh, lightning round. First team?
3: thing that comes to your mind. What do you wish you knew when you first started, Emily? Go. Damn. <laughs> sick.
1: Logan. Um,
4: audio is not heart surgery or it's not rocket science. You like take it seriously but don't take it so seriously. I used to take it really 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 seriously when I first started like I was the, the first guy in the history of mixing to ever mix uh, and I've learned over the years that you just come in and do a, a great job and you know, on to the next one, you know, try not to let the, uh, whatever happens during the day carry over to the next, because the next show is a new show and the next day is a new day. Lightning
3: round. Sick. Courtney.
4: Uh,
5: shoot. Uh, I'll say that even, even though that this is a passion and something that I absolutely, absolutely love doing is sound. Um, at some point you do have to fight for your pay and i mean i would do shows for free if it Mm. came down to different reasons or excuses but at the same point i still have to provide a living and have a family and a savings and 401k and all that um i wish i didn't because i really do love doing this but
7: uh i wish i learned to fight for
5: myself a little bit early on
3: sick anderson
7: To get the jobs, it's not all about what you know. I mean, I know I talk about audio a lot, and it's obvious that I like to, but it's also how well you can talk with other people on a social level and network and just be able to shoot the shit, be able to say, hey, how was your day, or how was your weekend off, or talk to somebody about their kid and learn how much they connected with the kid over the weekend while I was connecting with a console. You know, everybody has their own passions on the side besides their full-time gig, so socialize with them a little bit, too. Sling. I
5: love all the answers. Those
3: are all good answers. Yeah, that
7: was great. Thank you, guys. I think mine was the best. I'll just say that.
3: It, it was
5: good. It was okay. <laughs> well, I didn't... I, no, I we saved the best really for lose. the He's last. He's only saying
4: that because of... I texted him and said, wow, dude, that's a great answer. He's only saying that because <laughs> I just texted him and said... Somebody's got to pat him on the back. I was saying that because hey, I didn't I listen just, to your
7: other answers. Is
4: I want to just say how proud I am of everybody for, in this podcast episode. And we didn't mention one equipment manufacturer barely the entire time nope. or talk about our rigs or anything. <laughs> Emily well, mentioned I, mean, a few, you know, I mentioned like, one, but
5: as an example, because yeah, but it wasn't a bad thing. None of those it was, people it was, pay We didn't that. sit
4: here and talk about this and that and this and that and this gear and this mic pre and
1: blah, 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 and this compressor does this. I'm proud of well, us. Well, we've all kind of learned that 90% of this thing is living life, you know, and uh, that's that's a huge part of our job. Like Anderson said at the end, too, it's like um, the social aspect of it is huge, and I um, those people who do yell at stagehands and make people angry on show sites and stuff like that, I think they're slowly leaving the business and they'll be gone soon. And mm-hmm. we'll, be, we'll mm-hmm. be dealing with a lot of people who have yearned for good social interaction in the right way. And I, I, I'm i glad to be a part of that. You know, if if anything, I'm just glad to be a part of that because um, we have a great Facebook page and a discord and this podcast. And I think everybody that we've on has shared some of that mentality there. We've had a few guests that I know have yelled at people. And uh, I think I even called one out. I did off air. And uh, it's slowly becoming more reasonable humans and it's showing. And that's why I wanted you guys on the podcast um, is because you guys are reasonable humans and, uh, you approached your job very humanely and empathetic and everything went together and the show happened and there weren't, it wasn't perfect, but it all happened. And everybody still adjourned to the bus and hung out and talked and went to bed or whatever they had to do. And, um, th- this is, on six beers. Yeah. Hey, this is audio. This is audio. This is production.
4: <laughs> yeah, it is baby. This is
1: the way it happened. And, um, uh, Thank you guys so much for taking time out. Have fun. Be safe out there. Hope to talk to you soon. Thank you for inviting us to the show.
4: Yeah, thanks, Sam, Michael, and Kyle.